As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo. Serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Attention! Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about to begin. Here we go. Hello, I'm Pat Rulo. So excited to be with you today. Each week, my biggest challenge is to decide what I want to share with you. So many topics, so little time. Sometimes, though, I don't have to decide because the answer magically appears as a conversation, a phone call, an email, or a referral from a listener. And that's how I came to today's topic. I've received a few phone calls these past few months from folks who have concerns about elder abuse in the form of guardians not doing their job. Court-appointed guardians who ignore their repeated phone calls, who don't allow them to spend a few dollars on personal items, and worse, who turn a blind eye when the nursing home administers mind-altering drugs, leaving the poor patient in a stupor, unable to think or speak clearly, left to experience the side effects of multiple drugs, just to keep them quiet and subdued. By the time I receive these phone calls, there's not much I can do for them. It's too late to suggest that they have a properly drafted health care power of attorney or a financial power of attorney. These folks need help, and I am saddened not to be able to scoop them up and fix things. Well, meantime, I met today's guest, the director of the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. She and I have shared several emails and conversations, and today she will join me as we begin to tackle this mind-blowing subject. So get ready. Turn up your speakers. Turn off your phone. And if it's a cell phone, 
toss it in a metal pot with a metal lid and put it in another room and spend this next hour with me radiation free because right now it's time for the healthcare hazard of the week predatory guardians now this is not a traditional health hazard but as i just mentioned if someone else is making decisions for you they just might not be in your favor especially when it comes to your medications medical decisions and therefore your health so here we go most of us want to make our own decisions about how to live the law says you and i have the right to make decisions sometimes other people may think that you can't make decisions because you have a disability or are forgetful or sometimes other people may think that you're not making good decisions they may think your decisions hurt you or hurt someone else and this very well may be true if it is deemed that you cannot make decisions the law can take away or limit your right and let someone else make your decisions for you this is called a guardianship this is decided by the probate court a judge and gives someone else the ability to make decisions on your behalf this person is called a guardian and now you are called the ward or an AIP alleged incapacitated person well how does a guardianship start a person who thinks you need a guardianship contacts the probate court and tells the probate court the reasons why he or she thinks you need a guardianship the probate court then decides if it's a good idea after a hearing if the court believes that you cannot make decisions because you are considered incompetent or incapacitated such as a physical disability the probate court might make a guardianship for you a probate court judge is supposed to think about alternatives first before deciding if you should have a guardianship for example an important alternative to guardianship is called limited guardianship a probate court judge may decide to make a limited guardianship because you cannot make one decision or a few decisions but you can make most of your other decisions a limited guardianship only takes away your right to make one or a few decisions and you keep your right to make all others who picks the guardian the probate court who can be a guardian a person you know like a member of your family or a friend a person you do not know an attorney or an agency so what kind of decisions does a guardian get permission to make decisions about your personal life such as where you will live what health care you get where you can go on vacation where you go to work where you go to school a guardianship can also make decisions about your money or your property such as how to spend your money how to get money that other people owe you how to keep your money safe how much of your money to save and many other things about your money and your property guardianships were designed to protect the interests of incapacitated and incompetent adults and elders in particular yet many individuals national advocacy organizations and the media have increasingly highlighted the abuse of guardianships and conservatorships as a means to exploit older persons let me give you an example i want to read a bit from a recent article taken from the columbus ohio newspaper called the dispatch it says thousands of ohio's most vulnerable residents are trapped in a system that was created to protect them but instead allows unscrupulous guardians to rob them of their freedom dignity and money even judges who oversee the system acknowledge that it is broken that it has ripped apart families 
rendered the mentally ill voiceless and left some elderly Ohioans dying penniless in nursing homes. And this can happen in any other state, and it does. Anyone could end up in this system that currently controls the lives of 65,000 Ohioans, especially decisions about medical care and personal finances. And almost anyone can become a guardian, as I said before, a loved one, a close friend, a stranger, even a felon. One Columbus lawyer proudly proclaims that he is likely the guardian of more wards than anyone in the country. This person is looking after 400 people. And this is me talking. How can anyone look after 400 people properly? Back to the article. This system, which is supposed to look out for the health and well-being of the elderly, the mentally disabled, and children, is directed by probate judges in 88 counties. And for lack of detailed guidelines from the state, the counties have 88 different ways of overseeing guardians and their wards. The Ohio Supreme Court recognized the problems and assigned a committee nearly eight years ago to come up with rules. Well, this year, the committee finally put forward a plan that falls far short of national standards and what advocates say is necessary to protect vulnerable Ohioans. And meanwhile, probate court dockets are overloaded. And the demand for guardianships will grow as the number of people aged 65 or older in the United States doubles by 2050. Without significant changes in the guardianship system, Ohioans will see more neglect and abuse of those who are supposedly being protected. A year-long dispatch investigation found many such cases such as a severely autistic man ballooned to 513 pounds because his guardian, his mother, allowed him to gorge on junk food and microwave dinners despite repeated warnings from his caseworkers. Another, after 45 years of marriage, an elderly couple was separated for months in their final year because of a guardian's failure. Or an eccentric woman, forced into guardianship against her will, was left broke and homeless because she looks and talks differently from most people. Then there's the mentally disabled man who brought home paychecks after long hours of lugging drywall and plywood at a Home Depot, only to have his legal guardian, his mother, pocket some of the money for herself. There's many more. Ohio's system has allowed some lawyers appointed as guardians to ignore elderly and mentally ill people while placing them in the lowest-rated nursing homes. It has also allowed some lawyers to bill their wards, many of whom they never see, thousands of dollars in questionable legal fees for such routine tasks as paying utility bills or buying the wards Christmas presents with their own money. Another dispatch survey of Ohio's probate courts, for example, found that nearly 90% do not require a credit check for prospective guardians. And as many as 61% do not require criminal background checks, opening the door for felons to become guardians entrusted with the assets and care of vulnerable people. Guardians are required in most counties to submit paper status reports about their wards only every two years. There is no requirement that probate courts independently verify the information on those updates, and many don't. Ohio does not require guardians to visit their wards. A few counties require monthly visits that mirror national model standards, but more than three-quarters of Ohio's probate courts do not require that guardians meet with the people they make decisions for, ever. 
More than 80% of Ohio probate courts do not conduct financial audits or random in-home inspections, according to 72 out of 88 counties, again, that responded to the dispatch survey last fall. And the vast majority of the concerns centered on guardians who failed to give the court written updates about their ward's well-being or account for their finances. The article goes on to say that the most prominent players in Franklin County's guardian system are a handful of lawyers. The court has relied heavily on them, rather than on volunteers, as some counties do. Attorney guardians are supposed to be trustworthy because they swear to follow a strict code of conduct or face sanctions by the Ohio Supreme Court for dishonest behavior. They are officers of the court. When a lawyer signs something, no one's supposed to have to check that, but there's evidence that these lawyers need oversight. For example, the Attorney General's office reported the arrest of an Ohio lawyer who was accused of stealing more than 208000 from four wards in his care from 2007 to 2013. The lawyer also was charged with three counts of falsification, accused of filing false annual reports with the court about his wards. And then there's the lack of training. Anyone can become a guardian. Nearly 60 of the Ohio probate courts surveyed that they do not require training to be a guardian. In counties that do, the training programs vary from 30 minutes to 8 hours, such as a 90-minute video. (laughs) Now this is me talking. Something is seriously wrong here. Is this just a situation of a broken system? Or is something bigger going on? I've never experienced this firsthand, but I've spoken to several people, including today's guest, who I'm sure has an interesting answer to that question. In just a few moments, our guest will arrive to share a bit about her aunt's story and share some tips to help us avoid becoming a victim of predatory guardianship. So stay with me for that. spend the next two minutes with Hari Khalsa, a healthcare advocate who is highlighted in my book, Speak Up and Stay Alive. Hari helps people just like you throughout the country whenever you have a healthcare related question. So I welcome you to the show, Hari. Thank you, Pat. Hari, I get phone calls on a regular basis from folks either in nursing homes or who have family members or friends in nursing homes that have questions and they don't know where to go to get answers. Uh, I'm assuming that you are a great resource for these types of situations. I would have to say I am because nursing homes can be very problematic. And I know there are often a lot of issues Even if you think you found the very best nursing home, I always tell people you must be vigilant. You must be vigilant in making sure that the care that you want for your loved one is being done in the way that you want. And I know a lot of times family members might not live by, and that's when you really need an advocate, someone who can go in there and make sure that your loved one is being taken care of properly. And I also have noticed that when an advocate is involved in a nursing home, the nursing home is much more responsive because they know that the advocate knows what's going on and what the rules and regulations are. 
my main theme here is you must be vigilant because there's never enough staffing. So I encourage people to have advocates so they can relax and somebody can be on guard for your loved one. I agree with you, and you would be the perfect set of eyes and ears to oversee this. So, Hari, thank you for taking time to help us through that question today. Oh, thank you. It's an important question. It is. So, folks, if you have any nursing home questions or issues or just healthcare-related question in general, reach out to Hari, 866-980-4325, or email her at heal at healthcarewhisperer.com. Dealing with my father's illness was full of difficult decisions. Hospice of the Western Reserve gave me the peace of mind that I made the right choice. Discover why the hospice of choice is Hospice of the Western Reserve at hospiceofchoice.org. I can't tell you how many times people reach out to me and ask, I'm going to the hospital but don't have anyone to be my advocate. Can you help? Well, now I have the answer. As a family member or friend of an elderly person, you want to be there every minute of the day, but you simply can't. Senior helpers can help. They can monitor your elderly loved one while they are in the hospital so that you can get some rest. Their professional locally based caregivers are available 24 hours a day to give you the peace of mind that your loved one is not alone. Services can typically be provided in the following facilities, hospitals, nursing homes, continuing care retirement communities, assisted living centers, and the benefits of their sitter service are huge. A watchful companion for your loved one, peace of mind for you, and access to quick start home care services. Think of that. Senior helpers can help your loved one while they are in a facility and then provide care when they transition back to home. Contact Senior Helpers today and share this with friends. To learn more about Senior Helpers surgery assistance and sitter services, call Senior Helpers 1-877-922-STAY. That's S-T-A-Y. They're local and serve Cleveland, Akron, Canton, and Medina. Call them today at 1-877-922-STAY. Senior Helpers, care and comfort at a moment's notice. And now, back to the show. You're listening to Speak Up and Stay Alive, Patient Safety Radio. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, always bringing you a guest with something to say that typically does not get much press or recognition within so-called mainstream media. And that is why we are here today with special guest Sylvia Rudek, the director of the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. Sylvia's dedication to guardianship reform began with the loss of her aunt in 2001. She was instrumental in getting this perpetrator in her aunt's case criminally charged and sent to prison. Soon after joining the National Association, she became a director 
and volunteers well over 40 hours a week to the organization whose purpose is to reform guardianship law and stop guardian abuse. Sylvia has recently been chosen by Money Magazine as the state of Illinois' 2014 Money Hero, and she is our hero today. So welcome to the show, Sylvia. Thank you, Pat. Uh, honored to be here. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here, and I'm quite interested in this topic, Sylvia, because I've had a few listeners call me who are either wards of the state, have guardians who do not respond to them properly and safely, or people who know other people who are in nursing homes or other facilities being medicated beyond need and don't know where to turn for help. So I know you have a story to tell, and I'd like for you to, if you can, briefly share your story about your aunt as a way to help us understand what guardianship abuse looks like. Well, guardianship abuse, it evolves after the case begins, and that's part of the problem is the rush to establish a case. And in my aunt's case, she was renting a house in Wisconsin, Edgerton, Wisconsin. There was a carbon monoxide event. She was discovered by her mail carrier, and she was uh, confused. And the mail carrier had a neighbor call emergency services. This part is very shocking because they arrived at the scene. The reading in the house was 2,000 parts per million, which is hard to even believe, but I do have all the documents supporting that. Mm -hmm. They did not take my aunt or give her any treatment. They left her with her sister next door, who was 85 and a widow, and we did not know the seriousness of the situation at the time. That was in December of 2000. So by March, the landlord had evicted her wrongfully, actually charged her rent for the time he was poisoning her. Then she went to the emergency room in March, and uh, she went to the hospital and, of course, was declared confused. And that's when a family member from Chicago went up there just to be the eyes until we could get up there, and uh, she got a guardianship emergency. There was no oversight. Now, did my aunt need someone to make decisions? Yes, she did. But the court did not supervise the guardianship. So this was a person appointed by the court. Correct. That that uh, no one knew. No one knew who this person was. It was just a randomly appointed by the court. And well, she was. She was the grand niece, uh, grand niece, great niece of my aunt. She's my cousin's daughter. Okay. And my mother-in-law had died the same day my aunt went to the hospital, so I could not go up there. All right, so then what was the follow-up w- with this guardian? D- did she I mean, did she have any qualifications to be a guardian? She was over 18 years old. Okay. Because that's about the qualification. You know, that the thing is that she was given full powers, even though it was a temporary guardianship. And that's a problem because given full powers, of the person and the estate, the estate went. It was, you know, was the wrong person, and there was no oversight. There was no accounting. And in Wisconsin, the uh, court, ca- the court files are closed. They're sealed. Well, there's so many questions that are surrounding this. Uh, maybe my first question is: When does someone need a guardian? What is there a definition that drives the need for a guardian? Can someone just say, "Oh, she's incapacitated" yes. or "She's incompetent. She needs a guardian"? What defines that? Well, in in Illinois, if you have a physical disability, you qualify for a guardianship, and whether it's temporary or permanent. 
So you're saying someone that's incapacitated. So say someone's in a wheelchair and can't walk. That's right. Con- that cons- then you need a guardianship. Well, that, that not not saying they need it, but they would they could qualify for that, huh? As someone else could say they need it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, it's pretty serious, and you could have a temporary condition. And getting out of a guardianship, I, I think it's easier getting out of prison actually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we do have some people that do get out, and they are uh, financially and, you know, they're ruined. Sure, because who's guarding the guardian? I mean, somebody somebody's now assigned to look after everything, your, your legal matters, your financial matters, your medical matters, and if they mismanage them, okay. basically they can take advantage of the situation because this is how they get paid. Is that correct? Are they getting paid from you, the person who needs that help? Oh, exactly. Well, the ward, the ward, when you are uh, under, you are now a ward and or a protected person. They're using that terminology now. Your estate and uh, will pay for everything. And and if a family member challenges the guardianship, like if I would have challenged my aunt's guardianship, the guardian, the temporary guardian, would have used my aunt's estate to retain a lawyer to uh, fight me in court. And I would pay for my own lawyer. Oh. Well, we didn't. We did not do that. We we didn't do it at the time. We didn't know what was going on. Signs started to evolve, and I was taking note of it. But my first uh, priority was to be with my aunt. She only lived sixty days after the guardianship. This is very scary stuff that we're talking about here. Um, yes, it is. I, my mind is almost blown as we're having this conversation because. How does one potentially protect themselves or their family members from another family member saying, you know what, mom needs, uh, mom needs a guardian and I think it should be me. I mean, how do we avoid this from happening? Well, it's not only a family member doing this, a trip to the hospital uh, for anybody who's over the age of 18, you're now an adult. Yeah. And if you have a medical event or an accident, anything, and the doctor says, the patient is confused, unable to make any decisions. Do you have power of attorney? And if, if that could be your spouse. Mm-hmm. And if you do not, then you, they'll tell you to go do a guardianship. There are many ways to start a guardianship. A call to adult protective services or a county agency can trigger a guardianship. Landlords file petitions for guardians over their, their tenants. Oh. Yeah, we, we have uh, one case in New York. He's actually working, but he's under conservatorship. And his conservator gets his paycheck. Now, Maury has a wife. She's under conservatorship also. And it started with a landlord-tenant issue. What would a landlord say? That what, they didn't pay their rent? Well, they are uh, hoarding too much stuff in your apartment. No, I don't. And uh, there was an issue, and it, that triggered it. And my aunt rented, and the landlord was negligent he ne- during the civil process. He never had the furnace maintained, and he, and he was never held accountable in the criminal courts. So there's a lot of ways we could find ourselves in trouble here. I mean, you know, as long as we're of sound mind, or supposedly sound mind, maybe we're safe. But if somebody tries to make a case against us, you're saying that the courts would then look at that and say, hey, yeah, maybe we're right? Or does the medical community look at it? What kind of medical testing has to be done? Or is it just one person's word against another? 
Well, yes, you just covered it. See, in my aunt's case, I have to say she did need someone to make her decisions because the carbon monoxide, she had long-term exposure. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mm-hmm. And then, so she was really damaged. Although she knew what was happening, she, she knew who we were. And, and in her case, hospice was used to take away her food. And that's how she died. Starvation and dehydration. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, this is serious abuse. Well, yes. No, very serious. I mean, when you take away someone, she, they, they would not take her to the dining room for food and water. The guardian wouldn't, but what, what about the facility she was well, in? Well, they, they went along with it because she was now in hospice, and now there's the good and the bad of hospice. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, well, my aunt did die from dehydration, starvation. I could not give her water. I would have been removed from the facility, and then she would have died alone. Now, you eventually got some kind of restitution. What happened after the fact? How did you blow the whistle on this? My, uh, my former life was more like Martha Stewart, and I turned into Columbo. <laughs> I don't know any other way to describe... <laughs> That's a good description. ...the drastic change in my life. And yes, I was collecting evidence. But I went to the probate court, and they would, I, I told, when I found out that there was missing uh, that, uh, money, they wouldn't open the uh, guardianship case. It was closed. Even though they knew there was money missing, they told me repeatedly I had no standing. That is another thing. You know, the probate court is like a divorce court. That protected person now does not have a family. You know, you could be the adult child, but... You don't have standing. You're not an interested party anymore. And now these guardians don't necessarily have to be assigned from a pool of family members. A lot of times it's organizations or, or local attorneys. Is that correct? Oh, correct. And, and there are a lot of good guardianships, conservatorships. We're open to those stories. We've yet to receive any. <clears throat> Unfortunately, we get the complaints. Right. Because people have nowhere to go. They're, they're exhausted, and uh, we get them every single day, mainly by email now. 
and I have a large box of um, handwritten letters. They're very sad. I can imagine. Like I said, I've gotten just a few phone calls from some listeners, and it just blew me away. I, I, I don't know if I'm naive, but I really hadn't given this a whole lot of thought until I started getting those, those phone calls. Well, it's not a subject that's really out there, but it should be. With my aunt, I collected evidence. I went to Dane County Probate, and they were very nice over there. They really helped me out. I mean, I met a lot of good people in Wisconsin, I have to say that. And we had her removed as executor of the estate with no assets. And then the family voted to have me as the new executor or personal representative, which gave me the authority to now finally get records which showed the embezzled money. And the district attorney wouldn't review the case. He said it was a civil matter. So we've been turned down many times, and then the attorney general in Wisconsin did find it to be criminal. What a horrible story. Well, yeah, there's a a lot more to it. That sort of takes you from the beginning to the criminal case. And I would imagine that these guardians, once they're assigned, then they probably have to go in and do some kind of inventory, like what's in this person's home and what do they have, and oh. wow, who knows what they snatch before they uh, they document that, right? You bring up a good point. When there is a guardian, whether you're temporary or permanent, with full powers of person and estate, locks are changed on the house, usually right away, and everything within the house, residence is belongs now to the guardian of the estate mm-hmm. and the guardian of the person usually uh, removes the ward or the protected person and they forward all your mail to their post office box and seize bank accounts safe deposit boxes it goes rather quickly. It sounds like that person is stripped of everything. They have absolutely no rights. And it sounds to me like no one is safe from predatory guardianship. Exactly. The Wall Street Journal, I have to say, I read their article. They are promoting the um, a college package. All 18-year-olds get a power of attorney for health care mm-hmm. on that date. It's a great idea. Absolutely. We promote advanced directives on our show all the time. We've got a, uh, a local law firm, Schraff and King, on our program, and we promote folks just getting out there and getting that power of attorney done, your, your health care power of attorney, your living will. Make sure you have those taken care of because from what you've seen, are those fairly ironclad? So now if somebody has these documented, you know, they're notarized and they've been done, drafted properly, will this protect us from this abusive guardianship potential situation no okay that's a great answer <laughs> yes no absolutely not okay um but we you still we, we still advocate having it because without it it's a guarantee okay if, if you live long enough you will be needing assistance and the way it is now that they're just doing a full-blown guardianship there is no limited guardianship because i think it's too much work so why do you say no? If, if I have health care power of attorney, a financial power of attorney, all of those documents in place, how is it then that that could get ignored? Well, that, that's a very good question because when they are ignored or are revoked under false allegations, now all, all the time, you know, uh, we can't say everything is all the time. There are times when a power of attorney should be revoked. The person is not doing their job properly. But there are times that those power of attorney agents are doing a good job, 
and for whatever reason, the person initiating the action goes to file a guardianship, many times the court doesn't even acknowledge there is a power of attorney document. And we get a lot of complaints to NASCA about that. But if that's a legal document, why wouldn't that hold up? Well, that's another good question. I've been through criminal court with my aunt's temporary guardian, I mean, with the Attorney General and special agents of the Department of Justice, wonderful people. And I've been through civil cases. Probate is nothing like civil or criminal court. You know, people have a different idea that this is the way it is, and it isn't. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm frightened by this answer. Well, there is a solution. And um, in Illinois, we had a bill by Illinois Representative David Harris, HB5573, and it's to protect advanced directives and power of attorney for health care and property. <clears throat> so there's a bill pending, or was it passed? It stalled in committee. Of course. Because there was opposition. And it's the beginning. The legislators are recognizing that there is guardianship abuse and something needs to be done. And it will open, you know, discussions, which we don't have right now. I don't know if you um, were able to find that on our website. Yes, give us your website. The um, full address is stopguardianabuse.org. Stopguardianabuse.org. And I'm going to put that on our website as well. Okay, that would be great. Yeah. And the thing that people can do right away is their power of attorney. They still have to do it. They really need to do it more than ever with all the uh, HIPAA privacy laws. Right. You know, adult children at 18, parents have no say-so over making any decisions for them. You know, we had a husband and wife contact us. They were in an auto accident in their their 40s, and they were both given a conservator. And they both recovered. But guess what? They still have the conservator. Wow. Yeah. This is almost too huge to comprehend. And the cost the cost is astronomical. All right. So we're going to encourage our listeners, to, and we've talked about this before, to get your power of attorney, your health care power of attorney, and as soon as you turn age 18, get oh, that's, this. Yes, a college package. Ex- but you know, not everyone's going to college. Right. Well, college or not, whether you, as soon as you turn 18 to go ahead and get this done, I mean, it's pennies right. to get it done. You could do it on the internet. You could go to an attorney. I think they charge $20, $25, but, but it's the best money you can ever spend given this conversation we just had today. Yes, and the most important one for the 18-year-old is power of attorney for health care. For health care power of attorney. And have successor agents listed. Okay. Make many copies because when you go to the hospital, make sure that you have that wallpaper to the wall. Yes. They get lost and then really bad things happen. All right. Well, this is good. This is a little wake-up call for all of our listeners. So once again, we want to make sure everyone goes to your website, stopguardianabuse.org. And Sylvia, we're going to have to have you back, but thank you for sharing your aunt's story, and thank you for sharing just a tiny fraction of what you know about this subject. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, and I'm available to you at any time. All right. Thank you. Well, before we continue, I want to pass along a bit of additional information that Sylvia shared with me after our interview. 
As we talked about the importance of having a properly drafted healthcare and financial power of attorney, Sylvia suggested that when you sign these documents, that it might be a good idea to videotape the signing and to begin filming prior to actually signing so that you can show that you are of sound mind and signing willingly. She also said to continue filming even after the signing of the documents. And she suggested to name successor agents, meaning don't just name one person to be your power of attorney, but name others after that person in order who would follow in the event that your primary agent was unable to act on your behalf. That's a good idea. She then suggested to sign in blue ink and to make many copies. Now, even though you can do all of this in the privacy of your home, grabbing the documents from the internet, I personally would suggest that you get this done at an attorney's office. In this way, they can also witness that you are of sound mind and they can even keep a copy in their files. This just adds another layer of protection to the process. Sylvia also recommended a book called Guardian Angels, Inc., I-N-C., The Vile Business of Corrupt Guardianship by Joe Rubicek, R-O-U-B-I-C-E-K. Guardian Angels, Inc., The Vile Business of Corrupt Guardianship by Joe Rubicek. And uh, you can find that on Amazon.com. Now, lest you think that this isn't serious, here's a list of potential situations that may face a person who becomes a ward of the state. And this was taken from Sylvia's website, StopGuardianAbuse.org. They say, wards of the state are often forcibly drugged, chemically restrained, and their families are not permitted to intervene. These wards are not permitted to choose their own doctor, ask for a second opinion, or ask for or refuse treatment. Family can be completely shut out of medical decisions and information as well. Wards of the state are often forced into nursing homes against their will and the will of their family, and their home is sold along with their personal property, heirlooms, and treasures. Wards are often prohibited from seeing their family freely, and sometimes they are completely isolated from family and friends until the day they die. Wards can be prevented from voting. Wards can't marry or divorce without their guardian's approval. Wards are often kept from going outdoors alone to enjoy a sunny day or the pleasures of nature. Wards often lose the companionship and comfort of their beloved pets, which are given away or even put down. Wards are often denied a phone in their room or the ability to receive phone calls freely. Wards don't drive. Wards cannot contract or object to a contract made by the guardian or conservator. Generally, they say, a convicted serial killer has more protection and liberties than a protected ward of the state. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse is working to fix that, so please join them. I encourage you to become familiar with this problem because from what we learned today, it can easily become anyone's problem, yours and mine. So let's do something today to make sure that you are protected as you can be. Get all of your advanced directives in place, properly drafted, witnessed, copied, distributed to your loved ones, to your health care providers, so that you never have to worry about predatory guardianship. Again, for more information, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org.
And with that, let's hear some legal news you can use. Let's spend the next two minutes with our friends at Schraff and King. They always have the answers. Well, Slim Kim emailed this one. Let's hope it's not Kim Kardashian. I'm 36 and don't have any of this taken care of. What happens if I do not have an advanced directive? If you do not have an advanced directive, you may be leaving that decision to one of two solutions. First, you may be leaving it for the designation of a guardian through a probate court proceeding to make decisions on your behalf, or you may be allowing that decision to be made based on a, on a law that indicates who should make the decision if you are not able, based on their relationship to you. For example, your spouse, your oldest child. So there are certain uh, default statutes that designate who will make those decisions for you. So that makes it even more important that you consider executing your own health care directives naming the agents you know will make decisions that you want them to make. Thanks for that great advice today. We appreciate your help. And if our listeners have more questions, where can they find you? Well, they can reach us at 440-585-1600, 440-585-1600, or at our website at www.shrafking.com. Well, thanks for helping us today, Pat. We appreciate your wisdom. You're welcome. If you have not taken care of your advanced directives, get it done today. Schraff and King, they're conveniently located on Psalm Center Road in Willoughby Hills, just south of Route 6. Or you can always visit them online at schraffking.com. You found America's one and only radio program completely devoted to health care and hospital safety. Speak up and stay alive, Patient Safety Radio. I am Pat Rulo, your hostess and author of the book, Speak Up and Stay Alive, the Patient Advocate Hospital Survival Guide, found at our website, speakupandstayalive.com. Well, today we're going to mix it up a bit because... For some reason, we received so many emails this past week, so I thought we'd share just a few. Bob, do you have them handy? Yes, I do. The first one, Pat, Sally from Toledo would like to know, she heard that crazy Rochelle last week speaking about selling her microwave because it was a Class two carcinogen. What is she talking about? Well, let me see if we can grab a piece of that from last week to hear what she really had to say. We all know that microwaves are a no-no. I bought a radiation measuring meter like you showed me, Pat, and I went home and I tested my microwave. Oh, my God, my meter nearly blew up. I pulled that microwave out of my kitchen, and I'm selling it on eBay, listing it as a Class 2B human carcinogen. Do you think anyone is going to be willing to buy that, Bob? Oh, yes. Rush L may sound a bit nuts, but really, she's a smart lady. The World Health Organization recently classified radiofrequency radiation as a 2B possible human carcinogen. This means that the radiation given off by cell phones, cell towers, Wi-Fi, and yes, your microwave oven fall under this warning. So she is going to sell hers on eBay and sarcastically list it as a class 2B cancer-causing item, which is the truth. However, most everyone else who posts on eBay wax eloquently about how wonderful their items are but not Rush L. 
Actually, I saw someone else from England who's doing the same thing. This person is selling his wireless computer keyboard and mouse and is also describing it as a cancer-causing class 2B carcinogen. I'm sure neither one expects to sell their items, but I must admit it's an interesting way to make a point. Okay, Bobby, do we have any more? Grape Gal wants to know, I remember hearing something on last week's show about fluoride in grape juice. Is this a true statement or what's going on there? Oh, wow, we had some good questions. Yes, Grape Gal. According to Dr. Paul Connett, a guest on our show last week from FluorideActionAlert.org, they say on their website, due to its high toxicity, fluoride has long been used as a pesticide. In the United States, there are currently two fluoride-based pesticides that are allowed to be sprayed on foods. One is called cryolite and the other is sulfuryl fluoride. Now, the main way people are exposed to fluoride from the pesticide cryolite is through consumption of grape products, particularly white grapes grown in the United States. And this is because cryolite use is widespread among United States vineyards. You're going to love this, Bobby. According to data from the USDA, the average fluoride levels in grape products are as followed. White grape juice, 2.13 parts per million. White wine, 2.02. Red wine, 1.05. And raisins, 2.34 parts per million. Many juice drinks that are not labeled as grape juice, however, still use grape juice as a filler ingredient. The use of cryolite therefore contaminates many juices with fluoride. So I'm guessing that the takeaway is to buy organic grape products and especially be mindful of white grape products. What does this do to wine consumption, Bobby? Well, it's not going to bother me because it's the lowest on red wine and that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, Bobby, do we have time for one more? I think we do. Bobby, this one's for you. Big Betty writes, Bob... I heard Rush L. say that you were looking swank. Haven't heard that word in a long time. Ask Bob, what are you doing to lose weight? I need help. Let me see if I could find that clip. Oh my God, what an honor to be here once again. And Bob, I'm so excited to spend some time with you because you're so much fun. And I must say that you're looking swank, Bob. Um, did you Did you lose some weight or something? All right, Bobby, do you have an answer? Well, since I had such a blood pressure problem and I finally got it under control, I went on the DASH diet. That's a low-sodium diet. The DASH diet and eating plenty of vegetables has done wonders for me. The DASH diet is a plant-focused diet. DASH stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. The DASH diet is a plant-focused diet rich in fruits and vegetables, nuts with low-fat and non-dairy lean meats and fish and poultry, mostly whole grains and heart-healthy fats. Bobby fills up on delicious fruits and vegetables, lots of salads paired up with protein-rich foods, and it quenches his hunger. This makes a plan that is easy to follow. Right, Bobby? Oh, yeah, great, and it's really worked well. I'm 19 pounds lighter, and I'm feeling good. Well, thanks, Bob, for all your help. You are looking swank. Well, thank you. It's nice to have somebody on that's watching over you. <laughs> all right, folks, don't dash off. We have more patient safety tips and tools coming up. You're listening to America's favorite patient safety radio program, Speak Up and Stay Alive. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, always working diligently to bring you information that you can use to stay safe during any healthcare or hospital encounter. And for that matter, to stay healthy and out of the healthcare system. Well, with that in mind, I hope you can do two things. 
I'd like for you to have a copy of my book because it is a great resource that highlights more than 20 different hospital hazards. It's easy to read and it makes a strong impression if you bring it to the hospital and just lay it on your tray table. It's a silent but powerful visual clue that lets your doctors and nurses know that you are informed, that you are watching, that you are an E patient. E stands for empowered, educated, and eager to get out unharmed. And you can purchase that at the website speakupandstayalive.com or you can call me 440-725-5462. The second thing I hope you can do is invite me to speak to your group, your club, church, business, or hospital. I speak to both the patient's and provider's perspective. My presentations move at a quick pace, they're never boring, and are jam-packed with so much information that the audience leaves wanting more. So contact me and schedule a date for me to meet your group. Call me at 440-725-5462. In fact, you are invited to my upcoming presentation on Wednesday, August the 13th at 1230 at the Holy Spirit Catholic Church, 5500 West 54th Street in Cleveland, and that is near Brook Park and Snow Roads. I'll be sharing some hospital safety tips and we'll have signed copies of my book available. And good news, Bob will be there too. So I hope you can make it. I'd love to meet you. That's this coming Wednesday, August the 13th at 1230, the Holy Spirit Catholic Church, 5500 West 54th Street. Well, today was quite a show with a chilling topic. So I hope you take stock and make sure all of your advanced directives are in place. You never know what you're going to learn here at Speak Up and Stay Alive, Patient Safety Radio, so be sure to come back next week. Tell your friends, always lots to share with you. Same time, same place, but never the same information. So, until we meet again, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am your guide to safe and successful healthcare and hospital encounters. Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio. Stay safe from little-known healthcare and hospital hazards. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. I'm Jerry the Germ with a Speak Up and Stay Alive healthcare safety snippet just for you. Sponsored by the Junction Auto family. People you can trust for your next Buick, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, or Jeep. U.S. 322 at Ohio 44 since 1931. Visit JunctionAutoFamily.com. If you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to pay less, that's Junction's business. Here's our expert, Pat Rulo. Hey, Jerry. Did you know that people are talking dirty and don't even know it? Think of cell phones and office telephones. Thanks to you, they're covered with thousands of Jerry's just like you. Thousands of people each year miss time from work. Thanks to all of this dirty talk, sanitize your phone daily with a disposable disinfecting wipe and clean your hands every so often with soap and water if possible. Talking dirty isn't nice and it's not healthy. Oh, Jerry, now what are you doing on the bottom of that lady's purse? Listen to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio. For more information, go to speakupandstayalive.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.